The reading today is Mark chapter 6, from verses 30 to 44. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Now when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus told them to make all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. This is the word of the Lord. Speed to God. Okay. I want you to use your imagination. I think at Christchurch we're good at that, so it's no problem. You're here in this hall, but it's evening time. Starting to get a little bit dark outside, five o'clock, half past five. We've had a visiting preacher. We've been here since the morning, and he's preached on and on. It's been good stuff. We've all enjoyed it. We've been listening None of us drifted off to sleep like perhaps some of us will this morning. But it's getting late. And the church leaders are saying to this visiting preacher, you know what, I think it's about time we wound things up. So gently they whispered to this visiting preacher, I think you should stop. It's time for the people to go now. It's time they went home and had a meal, had something to eat. They're getting hungry, you know. But the preacher says, you know what, I've got a better idea. Let them stay here and we'll feed them. Okay, go and see what you've got in the cupboards, in the fridge. So off went the half a dozen church leaders or whatever leaders of activities and looked in the cupboards, looked in the fridge. And there was a couple of litres of milk, there were a few... Oxo cubes, there was, a, there was some tea bags, but there wasn't really anything proper to feed them with. 
still the visiting preacher says, I think you should feed them. Don't send them away, you feed them. And, and so quiet panic starts to break out among the church leaders. What are we supposed to do here? And by the way, who does he think he is telling us what to do? This is our church, we, we know best what to do. It just seems so ridiculous. Anyway, just then, someone was wandering past and happened to come in to see what was, what was happening. Uh, he'd just been to the Dogpool Lane fish shop. And he'd, he'd got with him a, a packet of fish and chips. And so the church leaders thought, ah, here's a chance for a bit of light relief. Okay, preacher man, we've got some fish and chips. We could share those out. You see how ridiculous this crazy idea is. Uh, but the visiting preacher doesn't take it as a crazy idea. He takes, as it's given him, the packet of fish and chips, gives thanks to God, and then says to the church leaders, who by this time are sweating blood, okay, share it out to the people around. You must think we're stupid. Do you want us? No, okay, it's you who's going to look ridiculous doing this. It's your idea, but we'll do it. And so they take a little bit of the fish and the chips. There won't be enough for a quarter of a chip each, believe me. Mind you, they do give big portions of chips, but even so, there won't be enough for even a quarter of a chip each. And so they go up and down the rows, serving out the fish and the chips. And there they are going up down the road. And you know what happens, don't you? You know what happens because you've, you've heard the story or a version of the story. And little by little it dawned on them that the fish and chips were going to go all round. That everyone was going to have enough. That more than that, there was some left over. Okay, you think that's a ridiculous story. Well, well, just examine yourself. Why do you think that's a ridiculous story? Because it, it's 21st century in Sully Park and not 1st century in the Middle East. It could be that you're feeling the same about this story that the people there in Jesus' day felt then. It was ridiculous then. It would be ridiculous now. But it happened. You see, when the visiting preacher happens to be Jesus, you never know, you never can tell what's going to happen. Now, I'm not suggesting that we just rock up at lunch club or warm welcome, get a packet of biscuits, say a quick prayer over it, and then hand it out. I'm not sure that God's going to do that, but or am I? We've got to be ready for what God might want to do. I'm not suggesting we rock up and do that. But what I am suggesting is that we need to be ready for God to take what little we have and surprise us with what he can do with it. We need to be ready for God to take what little we have and surprise us with what he can do with it. The title for this morning's talk is Go and See. And I want to add to that, Go and See what God can do with a life given back to him. Now this story, this feeding of the 5,000, is in all four Gospels. So for whatever reason, the Gospel writers wanted us to sit up and pay attention to its message. 
I want to hang this brief talk around three points. Come, give back, go and give out. First of all, the come. If you're listening, the disciples had been out and about doing Jesus' work. Verses 6 to 13, it says that. Jesus had sent them out preaching, telling the people they needed to repent, to turn around and start doing what God wanted them to do. They had the work to drive out demons. They healed people who were ill. And they had come back to Jesus and were excitedly telling him what had happened. It was so busy with lots of people coming and going that Jesus said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You need to be alone with me for a little while. I don't know how long they were alone for. They got into a boat and maybe that's the only time they had with Jesus, alone with him at that time. As we already said, the theme of today's talk is actually based around following Jesus' instruction to go. But before that is the come of verse 31. The disciples had to come to Jesus and be with him. And before we can go for Jesus to do stuff, we need to come. Spend time coming to him, being with him, heeding that instruction of Jesus to come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. Now, much as we might like, and I would like, much as we might like, we can't literally walk along the roads with Jesus and chat with him as the disciples did. I sometimes wish I could. Wouldn't that be great? Jesus, you know, when it says here in this Bible that you wrote, that you had written for you. What does it really mean when it's... We can't do that. But we can spend time resting in his presence during each day, walking and chatting with him during the day, walking in communion with him and being open to the prompting of his spirit, cultivating that relationship with Jesus. Come with me by yourself. Yep, by yourself to a quiet place and spend time with me. Now, some of us will need to be more disciplined in the way we do this. Your lives are so busy. I know from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, it's one thing after another. Busy job, busy family life, busy studies. That demands discipline, doesn't it? To carve out time, an oasis of time, to be alone with Jesus. For, the, for others of us, we haven't got that excuse, but we can think of a thousand reasons why we shouldn't sit quietly with Jesus. I think I'll just do this or I'll just do that oh I was going to do and before we know what time's gone we need to hear Jesus still calling us to come and spend time with him I could say more about what spending time with him entails but other people will be spending on come I don't want to trespass on their territory any more than they already have but if this is an area where you'd like to chat with some of us about what do I do why can I just do I sit in a dark room by myself or what well Probably not. That's not a good idea. You can speak to us, Ben, myself, Bobby, any of the folk here who you know and trust. Assuming you trust me, that is. You can come and speak to us afterwards about resources that are available to help us as we spend time alone with Jesus. So anyway, here we are, the disciples in our Bible story, our Bible reading, with Jesus telling them to do something a need that they had to meet. You give them something to eat, he said. You give them something to eat. Okay, put yourself in their position. You thought that story I told at the beginning was ridiculous about the visiting preacher, but you put yourself back then where those saint, those disciples had been given that job to give the 5,000, not the 100, 
people something to eat, 5,000 probably times two. The task was enormous, and the job seemed so overwhelming. How far will they, the fish and the bread, go among so many people? And in the same way, God brings across our path situations that are too much for us to cope with alone. As we look around, we're faced with overwhelming need. Never mind the world needs out there, the needs just here in Sally Park and where each of us live. How can God expect us to do more than scratch the surface of all the needs that are around us? How are people going to be fed? How are people going to hear about Jesus? We have such limited resources, but the need is so great. And realizing that, it's probably a good place to start. God delights to use people who realize they can't. Yep. We, we have books with titles like Victorious Christian Living, and I'm not decrying that, but somehow it doesn't feel to apply to me, that sort of title. God delights to use the people who know that they can't, the have-nots, the, the failures, the powerless. Basically, so that none of us can boast that, look what I did for God, or look, look how God used me, because... Well, yeah, look how God used me, but look at what God has done and used this stupid person like me to do it. Look at what Paul says to the church in Corinth when he was writing to them. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. You were a bit stupid, really, weren't you? Not many were influential. In fact, you were the bottom of the pile, weren't you? Not many were of noble birth, you peasants, most of you, in fact, working class like most of us here probably. But God chose the foolish things of this world, people like you, God to shame the wise. God chose the weak things, people like you, to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not, just like you people, he was saying, to nullify the things that are, uh, that are, so that no one may boast before God. When we realize our need before God, he can start to use us. That's where we come to our second heading, give back. When we give ourselves and what we have back to Jesus, just like that little lad in our story with his loaves and fishes, when we give it back, give ourselves back to God, he can do amazingly more than we imagine. The disciples it was just a pathetic amount of food, wasn't it? It really was. It was useless by itself, but Jesus took hold of it, blessed it, and that made all the difference. When we give back what we have and are to Jesus, he can take us and use us. The scriptures tell us throughout the Bible of people who are willing to give back to God of themselves and what he'd given them for him to take and bless and use. Some of our Bible heroes that we look up to, they had a rocky start in life and rocky patches throughout their lives as well. But God was still able to use them because they gave their lives back to him. Throughout history, and I love reading Christian biographies, not just about the, the great people who never did anything wrong because that strikes me as a little bit false. People who throughout history have, have known God given what they have and are back to him for him to use. At the age of 10, David went to work in a cotton mill. So it's nobody here, is it? 
He and his brother worked 12-hour days tying broken bits of cotton back together again. Yeah, in the filthy atmosphere of a cotton mill, all those bits of dust just clogging up their lungs. But God was at work in the young boy's life. And hearing the need for missionaries, David studied hard and was willing to give his life, more importantly, back to God to use. Got a long story short. David was the David Livingstone we've all heard of and who made such a great impact in Africa, but who had such a hard start in his life. But it's not just the famous Christians, the famous people. It's people like you and me, people who nobody's ever going to write a book about, unless it's a crime novel for some of us, perhaps, I don't know. <laughs> people who well, nobody will ever hear about, that God delights to use, the nobodies, the, the also-rans, the never-heard-of, Folk just like you and me. If you're feeling insulted, well, tough. I'm just putting you all in the same boat with me. God delights to take ordinary folk like us and use us. And God uses us to go and give out. You know, if the disciples in our story had decided to keep the fish and bread to themselves and have a slap-up fish sandwich dinner, it would have been very strange indeed, wouldn't it? Can you imagine Jesus follows sitting around eating the uh, fish and the bread and the sandwiches till till they're full up and uh, while the 5,000 people around them are waiting to be fed? And yet if we as Christians don't give out to those around, that's just what we're doing. We're not blessed by God just to make us feel good, although it does make us feel good, but we're blessed by God to make us useful in his service. You know, we as a church are so blessed. When I look around, look at all you lovely folk. We are so blessed to be able to come and meet with one another every week or even several times a week and enjoy and talk about the good things that God has given us and done for us. To remind ourselves of all that Jesus has done for us. But there's a needy world out there. However you want to look at it, a needy world, spiritually, physically, emotionally. And God calls each of us people to go and give out. Calls us afresh to go and give out. Go and live the life of Jesus where God takes you every day. Go and live out that life that he's given you every day. He's not calling us all to go to Africa. He's not calling us all to go to Far place, but he is calling us to go where he's already put us. He might call you to go to the far flung reaches as well, but right now he's calling us to be here where he has put us. The factory floor, the office, the schoolroom, the hospital, the online Zoom call with your family, in the neighborhood, with your reading group, wherever you happen to be. That's where God calls us to go and give out. What is given us? God calls each of his people to be walking with him to bring themselves and what they've already been given back to him. And he will use them to go and give out to those around. I'm not talking about doing amazing things, although God might call some of us to do that. But just a kind word to someone who looks stressed. He's standing in the queue at Sainsbury's and the person in front or behind you looks stressed. A lot to be stressed about these days. Speaking a kind word to them. A lovely smile. 
a random act of kindness, maybe letting them go in front of you in the queue, sharing your story about how Jesus has helped you in your life, maybe even sharing more when opportunity arises, telling the good news about Jesus, doing stuff like that, the good things that God has blessed us with, going out and sharing that with others. There's a piece of writing that helps, I think, to cement this thought, written hundreds of years ago. Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. God could make things happen. He's, he's not a powerless God. But for reasons best known to himself, he chooses to use us. Yeah, I know. Crazy, isn't it? Well, that's why it seems to me he chooses to use us as his body to do his work. And he wants to walk with us and use us every day of our lives. I used to think, God can use me more when I've done this or that. When I'm a bit older, when I've studied this or that or done this course or done that course, I can be used better by God. Well, there's some truth in that, but God wants to use us right now where we are, who we are, with what he's already given us. We're called to play our part in the body of Christ right now. So, come. Give back. Give back to Jesus, that is. Go and give out. And coming back to our original title, let's go and see. Let's go and see what God can do with your life and my life given back to him. And as we finish, let's take the luxury of some time out. Let's just sit quietly. Let's be quiet before God. And if it's true for you, tell him that you do want to be available for him to use. Ask him to show you what it is that he wants you to take and bless so that you can be a blessing to those around. What do I have? What might God be calling me to do. Our Father, you hear the thoughts of our hearts or maybe the wandering of our thoughts or the silence of our minds. Lord, take us and use us as we give ourselves back to you this morning. Lord, take us and make us the people you want us to be Keep us from putting off until another day. But Lord, take us, do what you will with us and use us in your service, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.